0: Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel.
1: Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is No Trust and Grow Your Numbers. Today's guest is the founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. He is a renowned expert helping businesses of all sizes understand what they need to measure to understand their marketing strategies more effectively. A big hello to Chris Mercer. Hi, Chris.
0: Hey, Andy. Appreciate you having
1: me. You know, we're excited to have you on. Now, to start, you specialize in helping companies track their numbers. How important would you say that knowing your numbers is For the success of a business
2: yeah well obviously given what we do for a living i sort of have to say very important right uh but the the way i think to really put numbers into focus because i don't think there's a business owner anywhere that would disagree with sort of like oh it's important to know your numbers but it's the why and so the way to think about this is the way or the way that we think about it is more of a conversation. Like if we had an offline store and you came into my shoe store and you were asking for shoes and I would say, oh, what kind of shoes are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for sneakers. Oh, what type of sneakers? And we would go through this whole process and you and I would have a very natural conversation that hopefully would lead to a transaction at the end of that conversation. And this is normal for offline, but digitally that doesn't happen. Digitally, we forgot to sort of listen to our, to our users. We don't actually know how they're using the site. We don't know how they're going through the customer journey. We don't know where in the journey the conversation went south, right? And that's what measurement is all about. And that's why it's so important to understand measurement and to use tools to measure what's happening on your website because it's like listening into the conversation that's happening between the users and the site itself. And when you know what that conversation is, you're better able to then adjust your marketing to keep the conversation going.
1: You know, that's a great point. I've had a couple of my past guests, they've been e-commerce success stories, and they say it's so important to know your numbers, but they're talking about your revenue and your cost of goods yeah. and, and those kind of numbers. You're, you're talking more about how are your visitors interacting with your
2: website,
1: and knowing that's those exactly. kind of numbers.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, the website is essentially a replacement for some sort of salesperson or sales process in most cases, right? It's designed to move people through some sort of customer journey to get them from point A to point B. And we cannot improve that process if it's a black hole, if we have no idea how the customers are using the site. For example, if it's a product detail page, are they loading the product detail page and then leaving in two seconds because they had absolutely no interest? And that's what led to them not checking out? Or did they load that product detail page? They clicked on a bunch of images. They even tried to click on the buttons where it showed different sizes and colors, and then they didn't check out. Well, that's two completely different conversations. And when you can measure for that sort of behavior, which of course you can, that's what allows you as a marketer to make better decisions, including things like, oh, we can remarket to a certain audience with certain messages now because we understand kind of the mindset. One had absolutely no interest in the product, so we can maybe send them other products. And the other one did have interest in the product. So maybe we send them testimonials or or reviews that people have written about that product and how happy they are. And that's the beauty of measurement, being able to listen to the behaviors and make sure that our machinery is working the way that it's supposed to.
1: When you're finding these numbers, are you using exclusively Google Analytics for the tracking or, or are there any other analytics programs that you that's use? A,
2: yeah, that's a really great question because I think that people get caught up in the tools maybe a little too much. Um, we do actually use Google Analytics ex- or Google Platform, let's say, exclusively. So it's Google Analytics. We'll use Tag Manager we'll use data studio uh, but they're all free tools and they're incredibly powerful as long as you know how to use them you know it's partly strategy of how we use them and partly just the tactics right of of knowing how to like set a goal or a conversion event or something like that but that's kind of the best part is i think measurement overall it's not necessarily the tool that's going to make it happen for you it's the strategy behind it
1: now when people come to you and this might be, you know, it doesn't seem like there is a lot of Google Analytics training out there and this mm-hmm. might come into the answer, but when people come to you, what percent of people would you say they already have a good handle on their Google Analytics? I'm just, I'm curious if most people have it installed correctly and they're just don't yeah. know how to best utilize it or if the installation altogether is, is just a mess when they
2: come Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. It's a really, really good question. Cause it's a lot of people, it's interesting. When we used to start, when we first started training Google Analytics, um, Training programs, we would ask people, like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, where are you when it comes to Google Analytics? And somebody would say, well, I'm an eight. And we would say, okay, well, let's go look at what your uh, goals are. And they would say, like, what's a goal? And you go, oh, I realize you're an eight out of what you thought you knew about Google Analytics, right? But then they realize how big that platform is and what's possible. And they realize they're probably a two, you know? So, from our perspective when people are coming into our platform and they're trying to learn this stuff you know joining the Measurement marketing academy or something like that they're typically on the on the low low end i would say it's it's 1 or 2% and i'm not trying to be uh hyperbole there it is it is that low where two most out people yeah oh yeah easily wow. it's it's probably okay. closer to zero but it's but it's 1 to 2 is being liberal and the reason that is is because they have and this is the number one mistake is they have activated Google Analytics. Most companies have activated it because it's very easy to activate. You go to Shopify, install it with the integration or use an app or a plugin with WordPress or you paste the code on your page. And then that thing starts filling up with a bunch of data and and I get why you think, oh, cool, it's now working, I should go use it. But that's actually a mistake. Most people have not taken the time to then customize it. And that's how you actually set up Google Analytics. It requires activation, and then you customize that platform so that it tells you a story. And what happens is most people that are coming to us, and of course, consider the fact that they're coming to us to learn analytics, so that's probably why we're a little more closer to the 0% setup, because obviously, if it was set up, they wouldn't come to us. But most people that we've talked to still don't have a proper setup because they have activated it, but the problem they have is they have a lot of data, but they have Uh no story. They have a lot of data, but they have no insights. They have a lot of information. But they have no actions they can take based on that information, and that's because it's just collecting stuff. But it's never actually been customized and set up properly.
1: So, what are what is the story? What What are the most important things that a business should be paying attention to when tracking using Google Analytics?
2: We like to keep things simple. Um, I think I think strategy, when it comes to measuring and, and analytics in general, is the most important thing, right? Even beyond the tool. And so, when it comes to the, the questions that people should be asking and how they should be using it. It would be, I would just say results and how is the phrase to remember. So you have to know what results you're getting and, and whatever business model is for that. For some people to be leads, some, some people it'll be clicks, some people to be dollars and cents or products and services sold. But then you also, and this is even more important, you have to know how you're getting those results. Because if you don't know how you're getting those results, when things change and they inevitably will, you won't know what happened. What, where the conversation changed and you won't know how to fix anything because it was all a black box. And that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. It's what we call a curse of a good offer. And it happens a lot of times when people come to us is because they had a really great offer and they gave Facebook a hundred bucks and Facebook spit out $500 worth of sales. So then they gave Facebook 500 bucks and Facebook gave them a thousand dollars worth of sales. And they were like, cool, let's give Facebook a thousand dollars. And Facebook gave them $5,000 in sales. And then like, okay, chips on the table, all in. And they give Facebook $10,000 and then Facebook keeps it. <laughs> and they go and they go what happened what happened to all that money and everyone's like i don't know and that's because they weren't measuring for it they knew the results but they did not know the how they were getting those results so they can't actually diagnose anything and now it's a problem it's a panic and that's yeah, that, and that's where analytics save you. that sounds like a recent trip to vegas for me it's good <laughs> there you go there you go also important to know results and how when it comes <laughs> to gambling <laughs> absolutely right hey um <laughs> the new google g4
1: analytics tracking what do you yeah. think about that compared to the old universal analytics code the ua code
2: yep yeah and, it's a, and do you
1: have any idea when it's going to the required switch is going to happen i thought it was going to be here q4 of this yeah year. they keep they keep threatening to rattle that saber a little bit but i haven't i haven't heard anything about it for months Yep. No.
2: yeah so uh the, the universal analytics is the is sort of the, the original analytics. Some people are calling it GA3 now because there's like GA4, you know? So everyone's wondering, where did the four come from? So there have been multiple versions of analytics. They just never gave them numbers until this, this newest one. Um, but I like it. I, I So I like the direction of it and it is necessary. And, and this is what I think the biggest lesson on GA4 is for Google Analytics 4, is if you're using universal, that is absolutely fine. I think it will be fine for... Probably another year or two, even. Um, however, it, every every month that it, it becomes less and less viable in today's environment, where we have you know tech that's constantly changing how things are being measured, a la Apple and Facebook earlier in 2021, the tiff that they went through. Right? You have Google Chrome that's going to be adjusting third party cookies in 2023, which is why I would think the timing's probably going to be around there. Because uh, there will there will certainly coordinate that. Um, it would be my guess anyway. And then the uh, just the the fact if you've got that's just tech. Then you've got laws like GDPR, California's law, and and other countries sure to follow. And then you've got users who just are using different browsers like Brave or adding plugins or extensions to keep their data private so they can't be measured. So in this environment where almost every day there's less people that we can measure now than we could yesterday, you have to have a platform that is built for that. You have to have a platform that understands it's going to have this sort of um, sample of data now. It's not gonna get every little thing like it used to be back in the, you know, when this whole thing started on the internet. It's just not like that anymore. The world has changed and, it, and it's, go, it's, it's definitely turned a corner. It's never gonna go back. So we know we got to work on a platform that can take a sample of data and then model behaviors and model conversions and give us something that's useful. And that's the biggest, biggest, biggest benefit to Google Analytics 4 is that it's built for a world where every day there's less data that can be measured because of privacy and everything like that. It's built with machine learning and AI at its core so that it can predict and model for you so that you don't have to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. It's built to measure users across devices in a world where we all have 15 or 20 devices, it feels like sometimes. And that's the world that Universal Analytics wasn't able to really keep up with. At a certain point, the architecture, sort of that, that, that original code that Analytics was built on and rebuilt on and rebuilt on, it just couldn't be updated anymore. They realized like the infrastructure is just, it's cooked, it's not gonna work anymore. So they, with Google Analytics 4, and this, this is an important point for people to, to hear this, Google Analytics 4 is a completely different Google Analytics. It's, Google calls it an upgrade. I think that's a mistake. It's not an upgrade. It is a com- The only thing it has in common with Universal Analytics is the name Google Analytics. That's it. Everything else is completely different. The model's different. The reports are different. How you get the details in there are different. There are, it's, it's radically different, and it will have a learning curve um, back there. Now, the things it can do are amazing right? It can do funnels. You can go through and you can see who's seeing on a certain page, clicking on a certain button, and then watching a video 50% of the way. Like You can do some crazy, cool stuff with this thing, but it takes time to learn it because uh-huh. it is so radically different. And I do think there's a lot of people who are looking at, at the messaging that Google's putting out and they're saying, oh, Google Analytics 4 upgrade, just like universal. When If you remember back in the day, a few years ago, Google went from classic or classic analytics to universal analytics. And that was a very simple upgrade. Nothing really changed the user interface. It was just Google Analytics, but better, right? And GA4 is Google Analytics and better. And by the way, completely different. So it's going to require time to get used to the platform. So the sooner that people start to at least play around with that, my, I'm just ballparking it. It'll uh-huh. take most people three to six months to figure out how to effectively use that tool.
1: You know, I haven't, I didn't, I don't know much about it. I got to admit, I know that it doesn't do some of the things that UA does that I use, um, especially when it comes to looking at the search terms for your Google ads. It it doesn't. Now, is that because GA4 is using modeling
2: opposed to actually
1: using the data that's coming in?
2: Yeah, that's a good, a great question. I don't think it's because of the modeling aspect of it. I think it's just because maybe they just haven't connected the dots between Search Console and Google Analytics 4. Because that's how that stuff is getting into Universal Analytics is through Search Console, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but it does do a lot. But to your point, and this, and this is, again, this is an important point for for people to hear. It's, I don't, you know, it, it depends who you talk to. I think in the Googleverse, there are some people who are saying, oh, it's cooked, it's ready to go. Um, I think it's it's cooked enough to start practicing and using and learning on. I don't think it's cooked enough to be a production platform as of like, you know, right toward the end of 2021. And it's because of things like there's not a simple landing page report. You have to create it. You You can create it, but there's not a simple landing page report. There's not a simple way to go see your search results. You have to go use universal still for that. Well, if you have to use universal anyway, what are you going to use for everything else? Universal, right? You're just going to stay in that platform. Right. So that, but that is important um, for exactly the reason that you mentioned, where it's like you haven't really been back to that much to play around with it, but it is a radically different way of thinking about data. Um, and it's not to freak anybody out. It's just to put everybody on awareness uh, that it is different. And you just don't don't put any pressure on yourself to learn it in two days. But hey, you know, over the next six months, we're going to get kind of used to this. And then as all these features come out, which they will... Um, things will be much, much easier to to use because you're already going to be ahead of the curve, including things like, oh, now it's connected. Hopefully they, they bring it back where it's connected to search console. So you would suggest that people put them both on the website, add TA4, yes. yes. and, and there's no no harm in
1: doing so. That's, I mean, that's it's exactly not right. Slow down.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. You run them in parallel, you run them together. And that just goes to us as, as a testament to say, to prove the point that it is a completely different analytics platform. It just happens to share the same name but it's completely different. So that's why you can do both at the same time. And one doesn't affect the other, which is kind of cool. Um, So you can, so you can practice and learn stuff. Meanwhile, you obviously still use universal analytics to guide your production uh, decisions, whatever it is that you're doing for your main site. So let me ask after
1: a business is sure they can trust the numbers, everything's going well, they're familiar with Google analytics.
2: What is the next step for using those numbers to grow? I love this question because it is, to me, I think it's the secret sauce of measurement. It's where, it's where people don't realize what measurement is really for. Um, and so in a one word answer to that question, in terms of what should they do next, is forecast. They should forecast. And here's what I mean by that. So When I run my my forecast as a company and and how measurement uh, applies to it, I'm not setting goals as an organization to say, oh, we're going to make $10,000 next week. Like, yes, those are in the budget and that we have projections out that have revenue, et cetera, et cetera. But what really I'm doing is my projections are set up on the activities that need to happen to do that. So we are forecasting, let's say 100,000 hits go to the ad. And of the ad, 20,000 hits might come to the offer page. And of those, 10% are gonna go to the cart. Of those, half are gonna complete at an average cart value of whatever it is, which will equal $10,000. So we have that forecast. So we're basically, we're saying is next week, and this is what's important about measurement, is measurement is no longer telling us what's working or what's not. Measurement is telling us what's coming next. So we can say, okay, next week, here's what should happen with that Facebook budget we're about to spend. Here's how it's going to work. And then we measure against our forecasts. And then at that point, we will very, very easily see if something's not working, you're going to see it. And you are going to be like, oh, not enough people are clicking the ad to go to the page or, hey, they're going to the page, but they're not going to the cart or they're going to the cart, but they're not completing, right? Or they completed, but not at the average ticket we thought they would. And each of those is a different solution. Uh It requires different resources. But the important thing is I know exactly where to focus the company's resources because I measure against my forecast. So forecasting is the thing that people should really focus on once they have a a good grasp of their initial benchmarks.
1: Do you have any success stories from clients that have been – what they've been able to do after they've been able to to grasp
2: their numbers? Um, Yes, but – so yes and – I don't know that it's it's all that useful. Um, so for, we have lots of people that will come to us and say, oh, we just made seven figures because we did this, or we did that, or we did the other thing. Um, we certainly have success stories on our own of, of ways that measurement has saved us and made things more efficient. So we weren't wasting a bunch of money on Facebook um, because we just knew it wasn't going to work. We didn't, we didn't need Facebook algorithm to tell us it wasn't going to work. We could tell it wasn't going to work right before we spent up a ton of money um and the reason i say it kind of doesn't matter in a way is cuz measurement is very much like learning how to use a hammer some people build really cool benches some people build houses some people just knock down stuff and put holes in walls you know and so it's not so much that measurement makes you successful measurement gives you the potential to do more things it's like asking like what's the difference between wearing glasses, if you have a prescription and not wearing glasses. Well, wearing glasses is going to give you a bigger world to interact with because you can move faster. You can see things clearer. You can take more actions that you couldn't otherwise take because you can't see stuff. And that's what measurement is. Measurement is like a a crisp pair of glasses, a great prescription. So you can see kind of where you stand. You can see where you're headed. And then you can see a path of actions between those, whether or not you take them, that's up to the company, but that is what measurement allows. You might might still walk in front of the bus, even though you can see exactly it. right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you still have to pay attention, right? Um, so it's not it's not like a it's not unfortunately it's not like a push button simple thing, right? You have to learn this stuff, and it and that's why we try to teach like a measurement culture in an organization. Everybody should so, sort of think about measurement. Um, but it is it it is it is very much like having a very very clear prescription to be able to look around and say, okay, this is what we should do now because we can we we know that's happening because our users are telling us that because we're listening to the conversation if that makes sense.
1: You know, I got to say, listening to you, you are weirdly
2: excited about this. Uh, <laughs> stuff. How, how did I it happen? How, how did you get there? Uh, that's a really great story. I think the, you know, when we started, I started teaching WordPress uh, and we would teach people how, how to build WordPress sites. That led into people saying, can you just build it for me? So we built a little agency and I wanted to differentiate. So we moved into conversion rate optimization. Um, and to optimize, you have to measure so we got really good at analytics and we would set up analytics stuff. And then that's all people cared about was like, can you set up my analytics for me? And so that's where we, we pivoted. But the reason that I like numbers, and I think it comes from my background in terms of sales. My, my background has always been sales and, and specifically mostly in sales management, which is always running by the numbers We're measuring through a pipeline. So I'm very comfortable with customer journeys, just a series of steps. Everything is a sale to me. It's just, it's a sale to get you to visit my page and stay there for 10 seconds. And it's equally as important for me to get your credit card. They're all just sales, right? In, in a customer journey. And the beauty of numbers is that it lights up the map. It's like a GPS that says, you know, if you're at your house right now, I say, I'm gonna go to my favorite restaurant and you type in that restaurant's name. And then the, the map sort of lights up and says, here's the path. Here's where you go. Just follow these directions and you'll end up here. That's what measurement is for me. And that's why, I'm, that's why I'm so excited about it because it is, it is very much like that. I mean, it sounds you know kind of like, man, how is he doing that? But that's because we forecast, because we, we use measurement to tell us what's coming next. And when we see, and you get really used to trends and patterns. And so when you, when you uh, aren't using measurement, you have no visibility in everything. And then there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of guessing. And there's a lot of, well, I asked my friend and they said we should change the funnel or I asked my friend and they should, we should change the headline. Well, my other friend said we changed the offer. And like, how do you know? The only people who really know are your customers. So if you measure properly, right, those customers, those users on the site will gladly tell you. It's one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned is that the marketplace will tell you thumbs up or thumbs down. And if you're not sure what they're saying, it's because you're not asking and you think you are. So you get better at asking and they will tell you thumbs up or thumbs down. And then you know what to do. You don't have to guess. And I love marketing without the drama. And that's, that's kind of what measurement helps us do.
1: Now, personally- have there been any business books out there that you would attribute to your success as a as an entrepreneur? Um, I, I a little
2: bit of everything. I don't know if there's one that – because I think all of them – I'm real big in the one idea concept. Like if you go to our YouTube channel, we have a lot of different free training videos. And um, I always talk about the one thing, which is sometimes it's just you hear an idea in a slightly different way and you go, ooh, that changed everything for me. Uh, And I try to get at least one of those from every book, every blog post, every video course, whatever the thing is, a a speaking engagement if I'm out at a conference or something. So I'm always trying to get that. But I will say uh, from an author perspective, which is the, the pattern where I like an author because they consistently say really smart things. Um, One is Dan Sullivan. I love Dan Sullivan stuff. I think he writes, he writes very quick, easy books. um, And I buy them all uh, because he's just sometimes it's like some of them are a little better than others, but they all give me at least one new thought that I can use to grow a business. And Keith Cunningham is the other one. So Dan is more management and entrepreneurial thought. Keith Cunningham is incredible when it comes to just numbers in general and financial numbers. And so, I think the one of the books he wrote was the Business Blueprint, if I'm not mistaken, which is amazing. Um, and he and he and it, he's doing the same thing, just not so much with measurement um, in a, a marketing perspective, but measurement from your financials. Uh, and that was that was really nice to see how he thinks about that and the structure behind that. So those two guys, Dan Sullivan and Keith Cunningham, I'd recommend anything that they do.
1: What problems? are you guys solving for your clients and and how does your agency stand out from the competitors?
2: The, so our agency is primarily training. So we are here to help people learn these tools. So the number one problem that we, that most people have is they have tried to use Google analytics and, uh, or a platform like it. And they have a belief that they're kind of like staring at a Google analytics report. And they have a belief that if they only knew how to use this tool if they only knew how to quote unquote read the report they would mysteriously see all of a sudden these incredible insights that'll change their life as a marketer Um, and that's not exactly true it's because it's not set up properly that they cannot see it and if they set it up properly it will tell them a story so what our sort of secret power is is helping people who have tried this before and are frustrated or overwhelmed by it, and they don't consider themselves numbers person- people. They are normal people, right? They're they're marketers. They don't want to live in a spreadsheet all day long, but they know that they kind of have to take their medicine. This is a necessary thing, um, and but they have to learn these tools, right? But they don't need to learn it to the point where they're a data analyst, because that's overkill. So we are the people who do this. We do this training for normal people. We help normal people access these programs and use them and get enough juice from the squeeze so to speak so they can actually take action and insight and it's and it's from little things of of the things about learning that you have to set it up and 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 thinking about it as an example um just kind of to to think about as a kind of analogy i guess would be if i gave you a kid's book and i said could you read this kid's book to me you probably could but then if i take that book back i rip out all the pages and i rip those into pieces And I smash them between the covers and I give you that kid's book back. And I said, can you please read me this book now? Could you read it? The answer is yes. But there's a lot of people who are thinking, no, I couldn't read it. Why? I didn't change your ability to read a book. You're still a good reader. It's just, it's a lot harder to read when it's a bunch of ripped up pieces of paper, right? When it's a bunch of ripped up puzzle pieces in a way. Well, that's what Google Analytics is by default. It just starts collecting data in ripped up pieces of puzzle. That's all it is. And you have to work with it to customize it, to structure it in a certain way. And when you do that, it's like if you could paste all the pieces together again and you go, oh, it's easy to read now when they're all put together. You see the story. You don't have to, you don't have to think badly about yourself for not being able to read that book. You it's easy to read now when all the pieces are together. That's what you can do with Google Analytics when you follow a certain strategy and, and learn how to use the tools. And that's that's what we do. That's what we help with.
1: Are there any struggles that you have with getting results for your clients?
2: Yes. I'd say the struggle is, um, and i I tell you the struggle and I'll tell you how we're, we're solving the struggle. The struggle is they compare themselves to somebody like us. Like if you're coming in and you see the setup that we have and the things that we can do, that's what you want, right? You want that. And you're like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this other thing. And there is a lot that we have done to do that. We've been doing this for many, many years. We have measurement muscle, right? We've done this a lot. We've gone through the measurement marketing framework thousands of times in our our setup. So we know how to do this. And you cannot do it at the level that we are because you don't have that muscle when you're first learning this stuff. So the, the challenge that people have is trying to do too much too soon before they have the muscle for it. And so they try to get it all done and they, they see what the sort of the promised land looks like and they just try to make that happen. But it is so much work to do that that they never actually make progress. And that falls into frustration again. And they start going, this is too much work. I'm just going to try to get somebody else to do it or a push button simple program or something or we just come back to it in a couple of years when we got resources, which is a shame. So the way that we help solve that is we emphasize that there are stages to this. So we mm-hmm. call it the cave, the valley and the summit. So the cave is where everybody starts, which is, you don't know what's working or what's not. You have really no visibility into anything. And you kind of feel like you're wandering around in the dark. That's the cave and that's okay. But when you're in the cave, the first step is activate get used to where everything is, start learning the bells and whistles, right? But you're not going to dramatically change your company when you're in the cave. You're at least getting used to the tools though. So we train for that. And you get that at least a little bit of muscle when you are when you get comfortable with these platforms. Then you get into the valley, what we call the valley of visibility. You can look around, you can see what's working, what's not, and you can answer your basic questions that you've been asking. But as soon as you get those answers, you're going to start asking Bigger questions now because you can. So then you start asking bigger questions and then you have to start maybe improving your setup a little bit. And you realize like, oh, okay, my measurement setup is designed to answer the questions that I'm asking. Sometimes my questions are going to outgrow my existing measurement setup and I'll have to improve things like maybe change how my goals are are created or maybe bring in another platform to help me out like tag manager or something like that. And then you start leveling up your implementation. But remember, it's easier to do now because you already have the muscle from when you were in the cave. So you go through the valley and you stay in the valley for a long time. And most people most people don't ever have to get out of the valley. They stay there they get all their answers. And you go through this process and you build muscle and you build muscle and you build muscle and it gets easier and easier and easier and you build momentum. And then finally, there's the summit. And that's where really complicated stuff gets answered. Very complicated questions. Um, something like, Uh, What we call velocity of return, which is kind of like, what's my lifetime value on day zero, on day seven, on day 14, on day 30, on day 60, on day 90, like you can get those sort of answers. It's important to ask that stuff, but it is not the easiest thing in the world to get an answer to. Right, And so you have to have really big muscles in order to get those sort of answers. You have to understand measurement. You have to understand platforms. You need other people and resources on the team who understand that to make sure that those sort of numbers stay consistent. So you don't try to do that on day zero. That's something that might be you know 90 or 120 days down, down the road. So the, the freight that staging helps a lot. And just that phrase of get good enough to get going and then come back and make it better later is super important when it comes to measurement. It is more important that you make progress on measurement than it is perfect. You have to make progress. And so get good enough to get going on stuff, come back and make it better later because there's always going to be opportunity to make things better. That
1: is a great analogy. Now, when people are putting Google Analytics on their website and, and adding all this, does the platform matter? Are there some platforms that... You find customers have a lot of frustration getting analytics to work properly.
2: Specifically with Google Analytics. Yeah, not really, um, because it is because it is a platform that is so widely accepted, and it's, it's kind of one of the originals, right? So it's the web sort of built around Google Analytics. Everybody integrates with it in some way, shape, or form, um, and and so that's that. The Google Analytics by itself is is pretty decent. The The challenge with it is sometimes how it is integrated on the pages. Um, So uh, as an example, if, if you have a plugin, like on a WordPress site, and you sort of install the code with that plugin, and let's say later, Google Analytics updates their code, but the plugin doesn't update the code. Well, the plugin's doing all the work and it makes it easy for you to get analytics sort of activated, but it's harder now for you to actually customize analytics and take advantage of the new stuff because you have to wait for the plugin developer to do the code. So that's where it's like, it's always possible, I think, to get analytics activated. I think it's very easy to get it activated. But some some ways of doing that can restrict your capacity to set it up. And that's what makes it a little harder to use.
1: Yeah, I guess I was just thinking of, you know, I got started in the early 2000 with Yahoo stores,
0: mm.
2: which was
1: a little bit mm. difficult with the yep. analytics and it had a third party uh, checkout. On it. Um, and I didn't know if there were any others like that that might be a bit of a challenge.
2: Not, yeah, again, not so much with analytics because most platforms nowadays are, are integrating with them. Where the challenge will lie on some of those is Tag Manager. Uh, and that's kind of like a level up, but that's a platform that every company should eventually start using. Not on day zero when you're first starting out, but eventually you will want something like Tag Manager because it, 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 uh, Kind of 100x is your power to measure. It's, it's amazing the level of visibility you can get. Um, if you think about like Google Analytics as a flashlight in the dark cave, Tag Manager is like having your own sun behind you that just lights up everything around you. Like it's an amazing platform when used properly, but not every cart system will allow Tag Manager code on the pages. So it's tougher to get visibility into something like that. And you'd have to rely upon their built-in integration with Google Analytics and hope that it's good enough for what you need. You know so that's that's sort of where you will see some platforms not playing as nicely in the in the measurement world um, specifically with tag manager
1: so let's let's talk about your agency uh for a bit MeasureMarketing.co. marketing.co now first of all why is it co? Why I see a lot of COs why not Well, com? it's, it's not
2: so that's good I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not it's Io <laughs> so measurementmarketing.io is our dot Io our site name. yep yep dot IO Dot IO. Okay. Yep. Why IO? What what does IO mean? So we did we did the dot Io um, honestly because the dot com was already taken. Somebody wanted mm-hmm. in the amount of money for it. And at the time, I wanted to make measurement marketing a thing because people would talk about measuring their marketing, but most people were doing tracking and analytics and you know data driven stuff. And analytics and tracking and data are very geeky, hard words for people. They don't really like them, right? Um, They're kind of sharp sounding too. Measurement is a softer thing. Anybody can measure. And when you think about measurement, you don't think about Google Analytics, you think about a ruler, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm going to measure this thing. I think about a tape measure or something like that. So I wanted to change the conversation from, instead of going about tracking analytics, and everything else to talk about measurement and really make it how to measure your marketing So that's where measurement marketing came from, right? Listening to the conversation, the marketing is how we adjust the conversation. So measurement's listening, marketing is is adjusting in the conversation on our side to keep the conversation going. And I did the .io partially, of course, because the .com just wasn't available. But then that's why the company name is measurementmarketing.io and not measurement marketing. So we made the company name the website name, and it made it from a brand perspective made it so much easier to brand the company because that's what everybody knows. We have a good amount of direct s- traffic coming to our site because people are typing in measurement marketing.io where they're typing in measurement marketing. So we, that's the biggest reason I like the .io is because they kind of carve us out a niche because it forces you to think differently. I just would, if anyone's trying that or thinking about it, the only suggestion I would do is make it part of your name. What, what you do you mean by making it, it a part of your me? Name? Like, like we did, like our company's not measurement marketing. It's measurementmarketing.io. marketing.io is our oh, company, okay, right? okay. So I'm always the co-founder of measurementmarketing.io. I'm never Mercer for measurement marketing. I teach measurement marketing. Measurement helps people learn measurement marketing, but it is not measurement marketing, if that makes sense as a company.
1: Now, who are most of your guys' clients?
2: Um, most of them are the people who are, it's kind of like that that Facebook uh, situation I told you about earlier, where people are spending a bunch of money on Facebook. All of a sudden, it stops working. And they're like, what happened? And everyone's like, I don't know. And then you're like, okay, well, We have to make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, And so then they start learning measurement. So the way that we really think about it is, you know, there are some people who get ahead of the curve for sure um, that are using SEO as their primary method, or they have a lot of email traffic and they, they really just, they understand that they need to hear the conversation that's going on and so they can adjust it. And so they will come to us. Most people though, it's when they spend a dollar on anything and they want to know what happened to that dollar. Uh And then they go, well, we don't know the dollar. Exactly right. It's like, especially when Facebook says, oh, I, that dollar, I sold something. But then Google ads says, yeah, I sold the same thing. And then they go, well, you couldn't have both done it, you know? And then, and then you go to Google analytics and Google analytics says, neither one of them did it. Email did it. And then you're like, okay, what's going on? And that's where they come to us and they, and we help them sort of think that thing through. So
1: how can somebody learn more about working with you and getting, getting their analytics going, getting
2: it rolling? great question. So I'll give you a couple of links. So one is just, we have a ton of free training on our YouTube channel. So if you go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash YouTube, it will take you there. So measurementmarketing.io forward slash YouTube, ton of free training um, and, and, you know, use as much as you want there. The um, other suggestion is if you are kind of past that, you're definitely interested in this and you want to have some tools. Like we have a traffic tracking toolkit. We have a dashboard planner. We have a marketing behavior toolkit to help you think through the strategies and to plan out your measurement and sort of see what's possible. That is something we call our toolbox membership and it's free. So we offer that as a a free level. We give out all of our tools um, for people just to help support the community and and help people where we can. So if you're interested in that, just go to measurementmarketing.io. So measurementmarketing.io and then uh, make each click count as M-E-C-C. So it's measurementmarketing.io for slash M E C C. And it'll take you right to the toolbox membership.
1: Okay, great. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today?
2: Just give yourself permission to be good enough to get going. It is the hardest thing to wrap your head around. Because you see, it feels like when you're starting this out that you're the only one who can't get this thing working. You're the only one who runs into this. And you especially when you come into a training platform like ours is, you see everybody else and it feels like everybody else is so far ahead of you that you're never gonna get there. It feels like this insurmountable mountain ahead of you. And you just realize you are on a path And think in your that keep that phrase of get good enough to get going and come back and make it better later. You can, you will come back and better later. It'll, it'll definitely happen. It'll be a natural process. And you just make progress one bit at a time. You look back in a few months and you'll be in a completely different mindset. Doesn't take long, but it does take consistent progress. Well, that was awesome. Thank you for joining us today, Chris. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate
1: you having me. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding measurementmarketing.io or connecting with Chris, you will find the links in the show notes. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We've compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of the contact information in case you would like more information on any services that I've discussed during previous episodes. That's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode.
0: This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast.